43 tonight. Acts 13, verse 43. Now, last week we looked at this passage and we saw that, P, that Paul preached a message here. And this really his first deliberate long message we see. We've seen there's been other times that Paul would say things and he got some people not happy with him with the gospel. We see this is a long message here. And we look at what are the results? What takes place here? Look with me down at verse number 42. The Bible says, And when the Jews were gone out of the synagogue, the Gentiles besought that those words might be preached to them the next Sabbath. Now when the congregation was broken up, many of the Jews and religious proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who, speaking to them, persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. And the next Sabbath day came almost the whole city together to hear the word of God. Now, do you see? So Paul preached that message the next Sabbath in the synagogue. Almost the whole city comes. It's remarkable. And look at what it says here. It says, but when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy and spake against those things which were spoken by Paul, contradicting and blaspheming. Then Paul and Barnabas waxed bold and said, It was necessary that the word of God should first have been spoken to you. But seeing ye have put it from you, and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, lo, we turn to the Gentiles. For so hath the Lord commanded us, saying, I have set thee to be a light of the Gentiles, that thou shouldest be for salvation unto the ends of the earth. And when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord, and as many as were ordained to eternal life believed. And the word of the Lord was published throughout all the region. But the Jews stirred up devout and honorable women and the chief men of the city and raised persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them out of their coasts. I like the next verse. But they shook off the dust of their feet against them and came unto Iconium. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Ghost. Father, I pray you'd bless the next few minutes that we have tonight. I thank you for this passage. I thank you for your truth. I thank you for who you are. And I thank you for your word. And I'm grateful to know tonight that your word changes lives. May we never forget that. And as your word is preached, there are going to be those that don't like what's said, and there's going to be those that receive it. There's nothing that I can do to change who receives it and who doesn't. All I can do is faithfully preach the word. Bless our time tonight as we look at this passage. We love you. We need you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Paul's sermon caused quite a stir in this city. And I want you to understand something. As you, whatever you do for the Lord, I don't care if you're a pastor, I don't care if you're a Sunday school teacher, I don't care what you do. When you teach God's word to people or preach God's word, you don't control the results. You don't. I could tell you I've been in classes where I was taught how to preach when I was younger. And they tried to teach us how to get emotion in a crowd. How to get a response from the crowd. 
Say, would people teach things like that? They do. Yeah. And I think some try to be sincere in how they do it, but I, I've, I made it clear. Like, I remember I was told when you write a sermon, if you want to get people emotional in your sermon, bring up something that gets you emotional. And then, if you're not getting emotional enough, you bite the corner of your lip. And you bite it hard enough, you'll get a little emotional. That was in Bible college. Where I went to school. That's where, you know, Bible college is a great tool and a great blessing. It is. But the best training, one of the things I'm grateful for, I'm grateful that Johnny just graduated Bible college, but I'm grateful he gets to spend some time around here and learn what real ministry is. Real ministry is not the classroom. Real ministry is dealing and working with God's people and learning so much more. You learn way more in the day and day than you do how to bite your lip and get a tear to fall from your eyes. Now, does everyone do that? Not everyone does that. I'm not trying to say that all people are that way. But what I want you to realize tonight is that God is the one who figures out the results. It does us well. And you watch, this next week I'm going to be going to a graduation for my niece. And I love my niece, and I'm so proud of her. She she took five years to get her four-year degree. And I was telling her just a while back, I'm like, I'm proud of you. Your dad took seven to get a four-year degree, and you only took five. Way to beat your dad. You did a great job, and we were teasing just a little bit. But there's going to be some some brethren, some Baptist brethren I haven't seen since pre-COVID. And every time I'm around certain brethren, how many did you have saved during your altar call this last week? Say, do people ask questions like that? Yes. And I've always been, I don't ever, I always change the subject. That might be why people don't like me as much. I don't know. I don't, I don't save anybody. Did the Lord have someone saved? I warn. I preach. But I'm not in the results business because the word of God penetrates to the heart. It's quick and powerful, sharpening two-edged sword. But what your heart does with what the word of God does, I don't have any power over that. Now, I would love for God's word to reach inside you and fix you and make you what you need to be. But if you don't receive it and you don't, that's not my job. I don't have power in the results. And it's a good day when you realize that. You be faithful to give the truth, and what happens with it, happens with it, and there's nothing you can do in that realm. You be faithful to preach the word the way it's supposed to be preached. As we look here tonight, we see number one, as we look at this here, we see the response to the preaching. What was the response that we see? We see, look at verse 42, it says, And when the Jews were gone out of the synagogue, the Gentiles besought that these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath. What was their response? Letter A, we see that they desired God's word. Man, they heard the word of God, they heard Paul give the message, and they desired more from God's word. Isn't that what it's all about? That should be what it's all about. And the response to his preaching was, hey, we need more of the word. Give us the word. It reminds me of what Peter says in 1 Peter 2, verse 2 and 3. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. 
If so be that you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Man, as a newborn babe, we see that these people, they heard the word, they received it, and they wanted more. Hey, could you come back and teach us again? We want to hear more about this word. We want to get more of it. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 1, verse number 18, it says, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. This world doesn't understand what preaching's all about. You go to church to hear a guy get up and yell and walk all around and get opinion on everything? Why in the world would you do something like that? The world doesn't get it. They'll go to an arena and pay thousands of dollars to watch someone put a ball in a hoop. Literally. Or see someone, someone hit the ball less than 30% of the time and get paid millions. Of, think about that. If you, if you were to do your job and you only were 30% of the time you actually did good at your job, and you get paid millions of dollars, that's literally what a baseball player, what they do. Most great batters, even this year, 300 is a high batting average. And that means three out of ten at-bats, you actually get a hit. Think about that. This world doesn't get it. This world doesn't get why you go to church here preaching. But the Bible says, but unto us which are saved, it's the power of God. And we see that these people, as they heard, and the response to the preaching was, they desired the word. They wanted more of God's word. We see in verse 43, it says, now, when the congregation was broken up, many of the Jews and the religious proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who, speaking to them, persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. And we see that there was a desire for God's word, but letter B, there was a change from God's word. And shouldn't God's word lead to a change? Shouldn't it? It should. And let me ask you a question tonight. When's the last time God's word changed you? Like it hasn't, then there's something wrong with your heart. When is the last time God's word changed you? If it's been a while, does that mean you're perfect and you don't need any changing? We all need changing. We all need God's word. The problem is not the word. The word is always right. How is your heart? Is your heart ready for it? How's the soil? Is it ready? We see that these people, they desired God's word. There was a change because of God's word. So we see a great response to the preaching. But number two tonight, we see the fact that there was persecution from the preaching. Anytime that God is at work and the people of God doing work, Satan and his cronies are not far behind. We look at verse 45, it says here, it says, but when the Jews saw the multitudes. Now we see the fact, look at verse 44. The next Sabbath day came almost the whole city together. That sounds like a Baptist preacher to me. How many do you have in church yesterday? About um, quite a few. You know, we had a, about the whole city. That's a broad spectrum right there. But it, when I look at this here in the Bible where it says the fact that it was almost the whole city, I know that the Lord and the Bible doesn't embellish things, so it was almost the whole city. And we look at this, it says, they came together to hear the word of God. And there's that word but, not in a good connotation here. 
when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy. They weren't happy to see people coming to hear the word of God. They were full of envy. They didn't like it. And it says, And spake against those things which were spoken by Paul, contradicting and blaspheming. They didn't like the message. And so what they do? They spoke out against it. They contradicted it. They blasphemed it. We look down at verse number 50. It talks about these Jews again. They stirred up the devout and honorable women and the chief men of the city and raised persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them out of their coast. We don't want them anywhere near our city. That's literally what it says, right? So literally, look at this. We go from the messages preached, and we see that there were those who wanted the truth. They wanted the Word of God. They wanted to grow. God's Word was working on their lives. And in fact, that next week, the next Saturday, as they go to the synagogue and on the Sabbath there, about the whole city shows up to hear the Word of God. And do you know there was more people probably to hear the Word of God than those that were persecuting? But it's amazing how those that go against the things of God always seem to have the louder voice. Have you ever realized that? Even in our day and age, if you were to look in our country at those that view traditional marriage as biblical and right, there are more that do than those that don't. And yet you never hear those that do speak up for the truth of traditional marriage where you hear those who don't, they're the ones that speak up. Like if we were to look at our world right now and we talk about transgenders, this is, it's amazing, literally in the past six, eight months, and especially right now, this word is being used more than I've ever heard it in my life. Isn't that true? It is true. It's very true. It's getting louder and louder and more bold and more bold. Where people don't know what they're doing. I don't get it. But where is the righteous preaching for what's right? People. Job to speak the truth. And not everybody likes truth. Did you realize that? But it's amazing to me that literally, I think there was a survey done not too long ago I, I believe it's less than 10%. And I'm, that's a high percentage. I'm going high. I think it's more like 6% six, 6 of the population in the U.S. I'm going to use 10 just to be safe. Because I think it's somewhere between 6 and 8. 10% would even view that okay. Not even be transgender. But they are the ones that are more vocal. And yet there are a lot of people that know what the Bible says and lovingly should stand for the truth, and we hear nothing for the truth. Why is that? It's a sad day. But it's always been this way. About the whole city was there to hear the preaching of God's word. I think they could have been louder than the Jews there that didn't want them there. 
And I think they could have gone to the edge of town and still heard the truth, even if they wanted to, and stood for what's right, but they didn't. Just my thought on that. But as the preaching is done, people are not going to like, people don't like the work of God. And may I just remind you, it's only going to get worse in our day and age that we live. Persecution is going to come. It is. There's not, I think our days are numbered. I really do. Or we can stand behind a pulpit and preach the truth. Our days are numbered. If you would have had the other day, in life right now, I got a lot of different things going on. I got the rescue mission I'm helping with. You say, why are you doing that? I think Jesus would help with that too if he were here today. I'm going there once a week. I was there yesterday again. The police, I do some with them, haven't been able to do as much with them lately, but I had to do a sexual harassment class on Thursday. It's a mandatory for anyone with anything with the city. If you hear the crazy, and I hope no one's listening to me tonight about this one, if you hear the nonsense coming out of Sacramento in all these areas, pretty crazy where if someone says I want to be called this and you don't refer to them as this you can get in trouble if you even just give a look like you can get they will interpret a look this is the whole thing that's coming down in government to begin with now, just wait till it goes a little bit further. And there will be crazy bills in our legislation. And California is always the cream of the crop with this stuff. And where the garbage begins, it begins in California. Idiot, I mean those wonderful people, wonderful people in Sacramento that need to get Jesus is what they need. But hearing the things I heard on Thursday... It will not be long till they're pushing it right at us. It's coming. It is. They want tolerance for some things, but they won't tolerate the truth. And here's the thing. If we are supposed to tolerate that, and the First Amendment protects them, then it also protects me to preach the truth of God's word but they don't see that. Just be ready. The day's coming. And I, I, was, I was just shaking my head the whole time, not in a good way either. Those days are coming. We see the fact the persecution came. But do you know, even though the persecution came and even though there were those who didn't want it, number three, we see the fact that there were still those that got saved. The proclamation to the Gentiles. And this is, this is good for us. This is really good for us, right? How many of you are Jews in the room tonight? Do we got any Jews in the room? Any Jews? Any Jews? Anybody willing to admit they're a Jew tonight? Are you really one? Uh, yeah, I was going to say, we're not talking about care. I'm talking about actual a Jew tonight. 
If you're not an actual Jew tonight, guess what? Guess what? You are a Gentile. And this passage is a blessing for us. Aren't you glad that Jesus didn't just come for the Jews? I'm grateful. Look at verse 46. Then Paul and Barnabas wax bold. You know, you know why they could be bold? Because they were filled with the Spirit of God. You know why we're not bold today? Not because we're scared of everybody else and what they think. We're not filled with God's power. Power of Holy Spirit power equals boldness. Our lack of boldness, our lack of intensity with the gospel for Jesus Christ is a result of no power. Don't lose that. They were bold for the truth. Why were they bold? They had the power of God on them. And he will make you bold. That's what we're missing in Christianity today. Spirit power. It says, and it says that it was necessary that the word of God should first be spoken to you. But seeing ye put, but seeing ye put it from you, and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, lo, we turn to the Gentiles. Now, you say, well, how are they unworthy of everlasting life? Aren't we all, we're all unworthy, right? We're all unworthy. But the fact is, those that receive Christ are made worthy. Those that will not receive him are unworthy. Because Christ makes all the difference. These Jews did not want Jesus. They wanted nothing to do with him and his message. And what Paul and Barnabas say here, God gave you a chance. And you rejected that chance. And you decide you didn't want it. And God's not going to give it to you then. And God's going to give it to people who want it. It says, verse 47, it says there, Lo, we turn to the Gentiles. And isn't that how it works with God? If someone doesn't want it, there's someone else. That's why, may I just remind you tonight, too many Christians argue with people. And I don't know if you feel like you argue with someone, you're gonna let, they're going to see the light from all the arguing you do with them. No, just move on and tell someone else. I don't understand it. I think I talked last week in youth group about it. There are these out there, and someone's talking to me about apologetics and things. And I have my own thoughts about apologetics and things. But this is the whole thing when it comes to apologetics. I don't need to figure, I don't need to know what everyone, if I don't know what I believe about the Bible and the truth of God's word, I don't need to know what everyone else believes and try and convince them out of their stuff. I need to know the word of God. And if someone is going to argue with me, they can argue with someone else. I don't argue with people. You say, are you an argumentative guy? I can be. Do I like to argue? Sometimes I do. But for the most part, I like peace. I do. And what I do, if someone wants to argue with me, if I'm talking to someone about the Lord and they want to argue about it, there is someone else who wants to hear it. Have a great day. You know where I'm at if you want to know more about Jesus. You got our church info. Have a great day. I'm not going to do it. And I love the fact you don't see Paul and Barnabas arguing with them and trying to set them straight. Why do we think we are going to set someone straight anyways? If, they're not re- if they wouldn't receive God's word, what makes you think they're going to receive you? Think about that one. They didn't get the word. 
And now they're going to hear you because you're so much better than the word. No, none of us are. But we see the fact that they proclaim this and they say that the Gentiles heard this and they were glad and they would be sent to be a light and that there would be salvation to the Gentiles. And because of that, we're saved tonight. This proclamation said, first of all, letter A, that the word would be received. It would be received. And it was received by them. It was received. For so the Lord commanded us, saying, I have set thee to be a light of the Gentiles, that thou shouldest be for salvation to the ends of the earth. And when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord. I love that. And as many were ordained, chosen, before the foundation of the world, make sure you get that in context there, we see to eternal life they believed. The word of God was received. The Bible tells us in 2 Timothy chapter number 1, verse 9 and 10, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began, but is now made manifest by the appearance of our Savior Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Thank God for the gospel. Thank God for the truth. The word was received, not letter B, the word was published. The word was published. It says there in verse 49, and the word of God was published throughout all the region. You know what they did? They went and told others. Let me ask you, and we're just about out of time tonight. When is the last time you shared the gospel with anybody? What are we doing? We are called to share the gospel, aren't we? Mark 16, 15. Go, he said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. Publish the gospel to every creature. When's the last time you shared the good news with somebody? You see, these people, they heard it, they received it, and then they went and gave it to someone else. Isn't that what you're supposed to do? You know, you'll hear sometimes when you go to a, uh, to a ball game or something, you'll hear them say, friends don't let friends drive drunk, right? Have you ever heard that saying that they say? I, my saying is a little bit better than that. Friends don't let friends go to hell, right? At least got to tell them and warn them. We, need to, we see the Word of God was published, and then we see the Word produced fruit. And so many got saved. And the disciples there, the followers of the Lord there, they were filled with joy and with the Holy Ghost, even as they were kicked out. They were kicked out. They shook the dust off their feet, and they just went someplace else. Isn't that what we should do? Just keep preaching. Someone doesn't want it, there's someone else that does. So go get it to the next person who does. Now I've had, I had someone ask me a while back, this is an interesting question that they asked me. They said, Pastor, what if it gets to the point in America where we don't want the gospel and we'll throw you in jail for preaching the gospel? What are you going to do? That's a good question. 
do I stay here and keep preaching the gospel? Or do I go someplace else where they want the gospel and take the gospel to them? So what would you do? I think we'll have to wait and see what the Lord tells, him, tells us to do in that moment. But I don't think there's anything wrong. If people don't want it, go find someone that does. I think that's a biblical stance. But I also think it's biblical as we see there were some that stayed in Jerusalem and preached it there, even in the midst of it. So whatever the Lord wants, that my response was, whatever the Lord wants me to do. If he wants me to, like I already said, for me to leave here, there's going to have to be like God's writing in the sky. Now, if any of you hire a plane to pin the words, Pastor Brian, it's time to go, and you do that, that you got money, first of all, and you should put that in the offering plate and not spend it on that plane. But literally, if there's not a writing in the sky, it's going to be pretty hard for me to go anywhere. But we look at this passage, we see people desired God's word, people didn't want God's word. But God's word grew people, people got saved, lives were changed. And those that didn't want it didn't get it, but those that wanted it, they got it. And thank God for the gospel. And aren't you grateful that the gospel's for the Gentiles tonight? I sure am. And I'm thankful that Paul was sent to the Gentiles. And thankful that we have the gospel and we know the truth and that we can receive it tonight. Father,